0: Welcome, everyone, to today's podcast, What's Your Delta, MGH Institute's Three Tips for Faculty Development, with your host, Janice Palaganis, who is the Associate Professor of Health Professions Education and the Associate Director of the PhD Program in Health Professions Education, along with Peter Kahn, the Associate Provost for Academic Affairs at the MGH Institute of Health Professions.
1: Welcome to What's Your Delta, MGH Institute's three tips for faculty development. How are you doing, Peter?
0: I'm good, although I don't think we'll be doing three tips for faculty development as I know, much today.
1: Yeah, I think this is an important topic. It's not going to be our usual. Um, and so I, uh, I think one thing that, uh, just for our listeners, that Peter and I were discussing was our, uh, you know, There's a lot on social media. There's a lot in the news around frontline workers and heroes, our our new pandemic heroes, which um, tend to be nurses and physicians. And uh, what we realize is there are some unsung heroes. And we just wanted to take a moment to recognize and acknowledge that there are other um, quote unquote essential personnel that are working front lines or are still working um, that just don't get mentioned in the media today.
0: And I understand that because when we've talked about interprofessional collaboration in the past, it, it does become tricky to enumerate every single member of the care team. And we've seen from some of the the studies of particularly inpatient care, how a typical patient may encounter 60, 70 or more clinicians, not to mention all of the uh, essential staff that keep the rooms and the food. So when media are talking about the frontline heroes, it is a sort of convenient shorthand to say, you know, nurses and physicians, because that's sort of what you see on the placards, that's what you see in the news, but there's a lot more to it than that.
1: Yeah. And say, so, I mean, just examples of practitioners that are that are working front lines um, you know I work in the emergency department as a nurse practitioner but my my past is as an emergency nurse and so I completely was with the media on you know how important the emergency nurses are and and never have I seen a an emergency nurse practitioner and and we also have physicians assistants in our emergency department um, you know these advanced practice providers are not really mentioned. And I, I, I agree with you in that I can see why. And I think part of seeing why is these news clips or social media clips, like they don't have time to explain what is the difference between a physician and an advanced practice provider. And don't like, get me started on respiratory. <laughs> right. And then there's respiratory therapists. There's physical therapists that are still working and needed and, and essential um, especially to these COVID patients. And so uh, I, I think they just kind of cut to the oh nurse physician and and so you know we don't we don't really hear or recognize these other professions.
0: Yeah, I've been educated by some of the faculty I work with who are in the rehabilitation professions. And there's one faculty member who does work with global health and she showed me some data about when we talk about scarce resources, it's it's scarce for the primary care or the acute. Folks, it's even scarcer for rehabilitation, and some of that has to do with the allure, the sizzle of the emergent event, the Ebola or the Zika, which gets everyone's attention and the headlines, and you think about who are the people responding. But by the time the folks who recover from those illnesses are discharged, the media's attention has moved on and the people who need to help them regain the ability to walk, to speak, to uh, take on their activities of daily living, they get so little attention and even fewer resources. And so it seems like a luxury to say, "And what about all the rehabilitation professionals? But they're the ones who are going to be dealing with the after effects of this crisis for years to come.
1: I mean, there, I, I know we're going to miss... Uh... A lot of professions we're not going to be mentioning them there's there are so many um i'm just trying to think of examples you know pharmacists also very key you know social workers and you know just given all of the pandemic resources and trying to figure that out and um and then also well, and all the trauma interest. oh yeah the behavioral and, health Oh, and then the you know the increases in the rise of depression and um, and the effects of that and what we see in the emergency department. So psychiatry, psychology. I mean, there's so much that's just not a, a huge focus, and and is still there and still working hard and essential to getting through this pandemic.
0: I know one of my roles is associate editor of the Journal of Interprofessional Care, and we have to solicit reviewers for manuscripts. And when this whole thing hit and there's a queue of manuscripts in the hopper and you think, oh geez, I don't want to interrupt people and ask them to review a manuscript. And then you pause another second and think, but this science has to continue because we need to know how best to collaborate to deliver the care so that all the members of these team can work together effectively to, have the desired outcome and that's so I've sort of altered the the pitch when I ask people to review and I've had some some people who say you know I'm I'm in the midst of responding Uh to the epidemic in whatever country or city they are and others who are very willing to take on reviewing a manuscript if it contributes to our understanding of this interprofessional teamwork.
1: So I guess from IHP (laughs) on behalf of IHP we like to acknowledge and recognize all workers that are um, still working during this pandemic and working, uh, being part of the team to help us get through this and take care of our patients.
0: Yeah. And I think about all of the future health professions learners, and I'm hopeful that we'll see a boom in applications for all of these different health fields as people Mm -hmm. see that making a difference is is something that undergraduates often say they value in their future career. And you can achieve that through a lot of different means, but these health fields have a very direct way of giving back. And um, I'd be really curious to see all those admissions essays (laughs) in next year's cycle and how people were inspired by this to join the the teamwork that it's going to take to keep everyone healthy and safe.
1: Apply! (laughs) (laughs) We want to see you. And we want to see you
0: graduate and (laughs) enter the workforce.
1: Um, Summarizing our three tips to honoring unsung heroes during this pandemic, tip number one, recognize interprofessional collaboration can involve many people, including those in staff roles and we should support the development of interprofessional interactions accordingly. Tip number two, remember to not just subscribe to to who is is dominant in the media, thank a colleague from another profession and acknowledge that with the patient. Um, Tip number three, recognize secondary effects of the pandemic on professional development. It is accelerating some aspects and yet, potentially delaying other aspects as well. I'd like to credit Derek Monette, an emergency physician at Massachusetts General Hospital who has been doing research on what challenges advanced practice providers experience. And he was actually the one who drew my attention to APPs as unsung heroes during this pandemic. So thank you, Derek. All right, Peter.
0: Yeah, stay safe and wash your hands.
1: Stay safe, stay strong, stay sane.
0: Thank you for listening to our podcast, What's Your Delta? MGH Institute's Three Tips for Faculty Development. We hope you come back and listen to our future podcasts with your hosts, Janice Palaganis and Peter Kahn of the MGH Institute of Health Professions.